Welcome to 5-Minute Film Finder, brought to you by Pioneer Library System. Welcome to another edition of 5-Minute Film Finder. This is our new series we are trying out, Deep Focus, where we pick one title that is streaming on Canopy or Hoopla that is worth talking, well, frankly, more than five minutes about. So uh, today I am joined by the uh, I would say famous within the podcast, uh, London, England. Uh, London, how's it going? You're too kind. Uh, it's going well, Kendall. I am confused because you told me this was a deep dive, and I brought my goggles and uh, flippers. Oh, I see that. So, but there's, I see there's no water here today. I, I so see that. Yes, uh, I, I'm a little let down. We'll write that on the budget <laughs> okay. for next time. Okay, uh, thank I you. Apologize. Yeah, deep focus. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's kind of an intimidating uh, aspect to some, you know, you know, going for more than five minutes. We're breaking out and trying something new. Uh, but we have a really solid film to talk about today, though. Uh, so, again, no time constraints, no Wilhelm. He took the week off. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Robert Edgar's 2015 film, The Witch. Um, I absolutely, before we dive into all the semantics about this film, um, I absolutely adore this film. I kind of forced you to do this with me. What are your thoughts overall on The Witch before we even get into really anything real? You say you forced me, but I have loved this movie from day one. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's great. This was probably my fifth or sixth watching of this, at least. Really? Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. more so, so than me. I yeah. absolutely adore this film. Um, and the reason I wanted to pick this film and really dive in is, one, there is so much material to really, really think about and look at and just see how awesome this is. Um, but two, because this is kind of a controversial, we were talking about this before we started recording, but like some people like are adamant saying this is not a horror film. Um, this is not the classic, I mean, I feel like this might you know kill you a little bit inside but like you know you have your slashers and stuff it's i feel like it's so general to say horror film because it can mean so many more things it feels inaccurate just to say horror right um, i i had to do a little digging because i don't know what to call this exactly i want to say smart horror but i did sure. see the 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 term elevated horror yeah which make makes sense to me yeah i saw that too i actually um i I'm glad you looked that up because I want to talk about that here in a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, I think uh, these, this is the same. We'll go over you know who's in it, who made it. But this is the same filmmaker who did The Lighthouse. And I would group The Lighthouse um, in this same mm -hmm. genre. Um, it's kind of in its own league right now, I think, as far as American filmmakers go. We're, we're seeing more of these recently. Yeah, um, that's true. So this is a thing right now. That's true because... Um, I won't get, you know, I'll save it for later, but like I would say even like Jordan Peele is like kind of more mm -hmm. mainstream of doing this, of, mm -hmm. of having some more substance, substance behind mm -hmm. uh, this. But yeah, let, let's dive into it. Uh, so this is the Five Minute Film Finder special Deep Focus The Witch, uh, focusing on the 2015 film, the title, said title. Uh, the film is uh, rated R. It's written and directed by Robert Eggers and actually was his film debut. Um, so he had done some, of course, like many directors, did some short films in college and whatnot, but this was his big screen debut. Um, it's through A24, and I make the joke, you know, with people that I do this show with all the time that I try not to do just all A24 movies, uh, but they're all so good. They're great. <laughs> so good and um, what a debut for him this, yeah. i want to call him like an up-and-coming 
but he's here. Like, he's so great. I mean, he's only got three uh, features out to date, but they're amazing. Yeah. And so. he's working on his... Um, I'm sorry. The third one's coming. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But I can't wait, though. It's yeah. And it's going to be so... Um, it's so it's called the Northman, I think. It's yes. uh, it's gonna be a, a like Nordic Viking tale. Mm-hmm. Um and I've heard it's like the most like grittiest film he's done. I was reading some stuff on set and they were saying it's just like there's like throat ripping and like I don't know. I'm super excited. Yeah. I can't wait. Tenth century Vikings, uh, you have Alexander Skarsgard. I mean, it's it's gonna be great. Absolutely. So. And also I think Bjork's in it too. Mm-hmm. Just love Bjork. So yeah, I can't wait. So Robert Eggers, you're right. I mean, this is the feature film debut. Um, for not only him, but I think it's for Anya Taylor Joy too. Yes, probably yes, the it most is notable of the cast. Um, to to specify who that is, uh, she is the uh, main role. You'll see her in the promotional art. She plays the character of Thomason, uh, the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, probably late teens. Uh, uh, and then also she has her. Uh, as far as the billing goes, her father and um, her mother, uh, father being Ralph Ennison and mother being Kate Dickey. Um, and respectively, Ralph Ennison, he's been in a couple of things, mm-hmm. um, but he's been most recently in The Green Knight. He is the title role Green Knight. Um, and then, I did not realize that was him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I haven't seen it yet. I'm seeing it this weekend. I, I did see it. I noticed Kate Dickey, who plays Catherine mm-hmm. in The Witch, is in The Green Knight. Is she Knight. in The Green yeah, Knight, too? Yeah, she is. <laughs> um, I cannot wait. I'm so beyond excited to see that film. Um, and then, But I knew Kate Dickey. Um, I said, I didn't know she was in that. I, she's from Game of Thrones. Uh, mm-hmm. She was uh, Aaron's uh, wife, the king that killed himself, and all Game of Thrones stuff. I have a soft spot for the movie Prometheus. Not many people oh, do, I don't yeah. think, but she's in that, and I got—I always get excited when I see her face. Is she one of the scientists in it? Uh, she's one of the space explorers. Oh, sure. I'm not sure what her role is. <laughs> she's one Some of kind of scientist. She's on the spaceship. Um, she's great. I, okay. So, real quick, I'll say their names because we're going to reference them or I'll reference them. But so, Anya Taylor-Joy, you'll recognize her um, from, she's in a lot of things, Queen's Gambit. She, this was right before Split. And I would say mm-hmm. Split was kind of her big mainstream, yeah. you know, explosion. But this was just right before it, a year before. She's Thomason. Uh, her dad, Ralph Innocent, is William. And Kate Dickey, her mom, is Catherine. Um, and then they, all the names will be important because it's like plot points get mm-hmm. very into names. Um but yeah, so we have all three of them for that. Did you have something? It looks well, like. Well, you know, the other siblings that are important to the story. We have, um, I, I won't go through all the actors' names. We do have, you'll hear about Caleb, mm. the twins, Mercy and Jonas. Yes. And the baby is Samuel. Samuel. And all of them, like, even, <laughs> even the baby kind of gets like. This is just, I didn't even expect to talk about this this early on, but they all get like equal screen time yeah. almost in a way. And they all get like moments to shine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think this movie's near perfect. Mm-hmm. There's moments when the dad gets to shine. There's even like Samuel, like the baby has a moment. Like, I don't know. It's great. Everyone is fantastic. I think there is perfect casting in this film. Uh, for each role but um so going f- real quick for an overview of what this film is about because i would say like many of the films we'll cover on the deep focus uh portion of this is that the synopsis rarely does it justice uh but the synopsis is a family in the 1630s new england is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft black magic and possession and that's it yeah sentence end yeah that's a quick uh, yeah it's a quick little book report mm-hmm. title or almost you know but <laughs> Man, it, it gives nothing away. It, it, that's true. So, it gives nothing away. Yeah. And actually, too, it's worth saying, I think, in this scenario of d- deep focuses, we are going to talk about plot points. So um, 
I apologize to specifically Ben and Jamie who are listening in, in the editing booth right now because they have not seen this film and you guys are going to hear about it. So I want to say, I think they've had six years that's or true. so to watch they've it. Had so six years. If you haven't watched this yet, you can pause this podcast and go watch it and then come back to us yeah, or vice versa. Perfect. You know, we, we welcome that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just take the take the time. It's, it's a hard, by the way, 92 minutes. Um, so I applaud him for making an hour and a half film and making it great. Yeah. I feel like so rarely do you see a 90 minute film that's like as smart as this is, as well paced as mm-hmm. this is. I really thought it was, I, I saw the runtime not being over two hours and I was kind of blown away mm-hmm. by that in particular. Um, there, every minute is effective. Yes. Um, yeah. Every, everything is intentional. Nothing is wasted here. Yeah. So, um, <sighs> Man, I think it'd be better to dive in just as the plot points go and then kind of point out things as they go. Uh, but I, before we do that, just really quick, I do want to say this film, like The Lighthouse, Robert Edgar's second film, sophomore effort, like is so well researched and thought out that it's the more attention you give to it, the more rewarding it is. <laughs> Um, beyond character plot points. Um, we, we had spoken about this, but like, for instance, he does his research on these 17th century witchcraft happenings um, that if you're even vaguely familiar with, like, for instance, like there was a belief that rot on crops uh, made people hallucinate and think they were being possessed. Um, there are shots where they're carrying the crops, and it's like, if you know to look for that, it's there. You know, he rewards right. you uh, for paying attention beyond just waiting for the jump scare to come. You might see this uh, title stylized as The Witch, A New England Folktale. So there is a lot of that in there. There's elements from folktales and just, he he did a lot of research to put this together. Yeah, and not only that, um, did you read about like why the title is occasionally two V's instead of a W? I've seen it that way. I don't know why that is. Yeah, so I looked it up and again, it's the same idea. It's that at the time there wasn't a W and so they literally would just write a W as two V's. Okay. So it's just like, it just shows you the level of what he cares about yeah. with this and it being personal. He's from New Hampshire. Uh, he said he got inspired for this going to see like the Plymouth uh, like settlement and whatnot too. And like it just, this was something that was very personal to him um, that he wanted to start off with. And I think he did great. So uh, yeah, let's, let's dive in. We'll talk about more, uh, more of that stuff as we go along. Um, but the film begins very, very beginning first minute um, after you have, you know, who produced it and, and all that good stuff. Um, the film opens on, um, they're effectively on trial, right? They're, they're sitting mm-hmm. in front of their town council, uh, they being uh, this family. You don't ever hear their last name, but it's William, the dad, Thomason, Catherine, the twins, uh, and Samuel and Caleb. Uh, Caleb being the oldest right under Thomason. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're on trial. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, London, but it never tells us why. It, it kind of alludes to some things, but it never tells us why they're standing in front of the town council. When I've talked about this movie with people previously, I, I love kind of setting this up like they're kicked out of their Puritan plantation for being a little too devout. <laughs> um, I mean, you have to be really devout to get uh, they, they want you to leave the plantation. Yeah. So, no, they don't give you specifics. Right. Um, but you do kind of his pride is mentioned or alluded to a lot. So. Uh, William is a very proud man and uh, very devout. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and it's interesting because I the first time I watched this is it was, was kind of casual and I was kind of in and out, um, especially in the first minute. And so I was kind of listening and I thought like, oh, was there something scandalous? And no, you're right. It's literally he. They have differences on their religion, mm-hmm. and he is deemed too, too radical, I guess, or too yeah. yeah. 
um, fascinating. <laughs> so they say you got to go. Right. <laughs> or they, or they well, say something to the effect of change or you got to go. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you see how they're living on their farm. And I mean, there is, you know, it's the 1630s. Life is tough, but there is to be no joy in your life. It's no. you are here to toil and do God's work and honor God. Yeah. Um, it is a tough life. Absolutely. So. Oh, man. And that this movie just like pummels that into your face, too. Um, it's kind of unrelenting. But yeah. So, I mean, that, that kind of is what happens next is they they not to surprise you in the first couple of minutes, say, okay, we're gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, William's a prideful man. He says, Catherine, pretty much get the kids, we're leaving. And so you have this kind of, this shot following them as they're walking through the gates. Um, I did want to mention there's a shot with Thomason, again, the title role, Annie Taylor-Joy, whenever they're like, you gotta go. uh, And, and, you know, it's kind of a, there's a pause of like, oh, is he gonna, is he gonna say, yes, I'll bow to your demands? the only one that looks at her father with doubt is Thomason. I just mm-hmm. think that's interesting um, because, man, are there some very interesting patri- patriarchy, yeah. like, you know, differences in this movie. Um, the wife is um, the wife is not necessarily submissive to him, but she Thomason, the eldest, is the only one to question mm-hmm. her dad in this scenario. She's set apart from the family from the get-go. You can tell she's got some different ideas. And, I mean, you see it in her actions and maybe facial expressions, but also in her prayers. Yeah. Um, she admits to things. Yeah, that's true. And it's it's different from the other prayers, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 almost kind of half-hearted, I would say. Yeah. Um, because there is, I think you're right, there's like a very close after this scene of her praying, and it just feels kind of very half-hearted. Um I do want to talk about here in a little bit. I think she is a super unreliable narrator. Um, the movie doesn't necessarily lay that out there, but just going about, uh, well, well, we'll get to it here in a second as to why I think it's not quite, she's not telling the whole truth on what happens. Um, there's a lot of things that happen when it's just her. I'll just put it that way. Right. Um, but yeah, anyway, so William, the family, they relocate, they move. Um, it's kind of a quick little montage of them like finding open land on the edge of this forest. They like pray as a family and this is now home. This is home. Um, there's no crops. It's an open field. Looks pretty desolate. It is dreary. dreary. <laughs> that is the word <laughs> so, for it. Like it, it, I think the color palette for this movie is grays and grays and grays. Yes. Yeah, it's Gr- grays for days. Grays for <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like that a lot. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. That should be like the sequel, which, which two, Grays for Days. Everyone's depressed. <laughs> yeah, but it works though. You yeah, know, does a- absolutely. It, does yeah. it not like, it just feels hopeless. Um, it's, I'm very curious. They don't spend any time talking about why William chose this plot of land, but yeah, this, this is where they're going to live and that really sucks. I turned to the person next to me when I was watching this film and I said, man, like being alive during this time would suck. It's horrible. They don't even have a PlayStation. No, they don't. It's tough. (laughs) They don't have a PlayStation. Yeah, it's, uh, man, just, you just already feel this dread. Um, And then I just want to, very quickly within the first 10 minutes, um, I read that Robert Eggers wanted to just kind of snap, throw you into this, looks dreary, feels dreary, is dreary like and do you want to talk talk me through the scene of uh that kind of is the not inciting incident but kind of kicks off this whole this whole well, movie well we haven't mentioned yet but they move to the farm that is dreary um what is it next to super ominous woods yes um the, you know they don't look okay from no. the get-go so scary <laughs> woods dreary farm 
Um, I assume we're talking about Samuel. I am um, talking about Samuel. So I, this is really effective. I mean, it will kind of stop you. It gets your attention. Um, Thomasine is playing peekaboo with her baby brother, Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's going according to plan for, for a few rounds. <laughs> it's a normal peekaboo. And, and it, it's normal. Every, everyone's having a good time. And then the last time she uncovers her eyes and the baby is just gone. Um, you see a few plants and shrubs rustling yeah. uh, towards the woods. You don't see anything moving, but the baby is gone. Yeah, yeah. It's this so this so effective like shot reverse shot of this peekaboo yeah. game. Yeah, and then it stays on her though. You know, it like and, so she goes to cover her face and then she stops and it's just on her face and you see this. You know, go ahead, go ahead. It, well, it's surprise on her face more than fear, but it, I think watching it, it strikes fear in you, thinking of like. Uh, you have this baby in your charge. You're playing peekaboo, and the baby disappears. <laughs> it's it's you know 12 inches from your face, and it disappears. It disappears. That's one of the worst things that can happen that's to you today. That's the worst case scenario. Yeah, of yeah that's pretty games. terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's I also I love because you, you pointed it out too. It's kind of like the camera. It it eventually goes back to the reverse shot of where Samuel was, mm-hmm. and there's just like a kind of open palette where he was on the ground. And it kind of like, it tilts up, the camera does, Mm -hmm. but it's like just behind, there's very, very quiet, sounds like feet, like moving. But it's like the camera, he, Robert Eggers purposely does this to where it's like, you're not quick enough to see what's happening, what took him, where it is. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's just urgent. it, It shows you nothing, but you hear something moving away with the baby. So Yeah, the baby's gone. Um, and then it, I'm pretty sure it cuts to black. Like I'm pretty sure it's cut to black because mm-hmm. then it goes into one of the many otherworldly oh my gosh uh, montages of this film. Um, I read that he did film it in 27 frames per second. Anything that was uh, you know otherworldly mm-hmm. to try to unnerve you without making you realize why you were unnerved. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see this woman. You don't know who she is. Um, she's she's naked. Uh, what, I feel like you have an extra. <laughs> I don't want to stereotype anyone. If if you're maybe scary looking and live in the woods, I don't want to say you're just necessarily a witch. But uh, spoiler here, this this scary woman in the woods is a witch. Is a witch. And she has the baby, and it seems sweet for a moment. She's kind of caressing his face, and uh, he's not crying. He doesn't seem real upset. But then it just doesn't go very well for yeah. Samuel. Yeah, Samuel kind of... Yeah, it, it kind of you kind of lose track of Samuel, and then you're like, oh, oh wait, hang on, what's yeah. ha-? and then it just the movie continues whether yeah. you're ready with it or not. Yeah, can I can I say it if you want? Yeah, yeah. So um, Samuel is used for a ointment. I saw for, that for flying. Yeah, talk me through that because that that's a real that's a real thing. Yeah, that's a real thing from that time period is that they would what pretty much effectively steal children. Yeah. And they would use it for... You kind of need the flesh and blood of the innocent. And mm-hmm. uh, she grinds up the baby and makes an ointment. Mm-hmm. So she can fly. Yeah. And uh, again, th- this movie, uh, I guess it tells you this through imagery, but it doesn't tell you this, though. No one's like, oh, right. she used it for an ointment. This movie is so yeah. smart mm-hmm. um, that it just it kind of expects you to either keep up or not get mm-hmm. it and just keep going. It doesn't wait for you. Right. Um, and... Also, too, on a side note, this is, man, is already the first 10 minutes of this film, is this not like the most like true, true grim fairy tale that you've had? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> we always get them toned absolutely. down. You know, right. you have something right. like Hans Christian Anderson, like the Little Mermaid, that it's like, oh, but it's happy because it's Disney. It's like, no, 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 it's not. No. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> dial back the happy, everyone. Dial back the happy. The skit's real. I mean, it really goes there. And and I will say, I will preface, it never shows any harm to the child no. itself. No. It's all it's all used through cuts. So there's nothing that is truly, truly terrible to to witness it's, in that regard. You're not watching a Saw movie. No. Um. You know, it it will it will or maybe will be alarming to some viewers, but I I think it's done as tastefully as possible. Yes. So. Yes. I mean, it, it's still alarming and it's still, it gets it's your effective. attention. Yeah, it is. And it's effective. And the music itself, too, that plays during it, it's usually, it's like one of two things. It's either stringed instruments being played at like dissonance, mm-hmm. or it's a woman's chorus just like going crazy into a microphone. <laughs> and it's like both are very alarming um and so again this is very effective starting off and this was intentional robert eggers said in an interview that he wanted to just this is not going to be a happy film Mm -hmm. in fact this is going to be tough to watch he delivered Um, on that promise he delivered on that promise and so this happens we come back we come back to the family um and if i remember correctly it kind of like fades in and you hear Catherine crying um, and you kind of through kind of wandering through their house, you kind of put together that it's like Thomason can't really sleep like Catherine. I think that I think uh, William says like hasn't slept like it. So you're not sure how much time has passed. Right. Uh, but ba- but Samuel's missing and they know it. Um, fingers aren't necessarily being pointed at Thomason. But again, according to her. Something came and took. I think she even uses the like the phrase like it flew. Mm-hmm. She said something came and like flew away with with Samuel. Um, but I want to point out, and I'll come back to this again. I think Thomason is an unreliable narrator because again, she was the only one to witness this happen, and something happens later in the movie where she was the only one, and the parents, you know, I mean, they kind of start pointing fingers, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I mean, we have to remember whose point of view we're seeing here, right? You know. Um, so so anyways, um, moving forward, yeah, they, they start to, um, William is kind of being quiet and stone-faced about it. Um, again, suffering is kind of a part of his life and him being the quote-unquote man of the house. His favorite pastime is going outside and chopping wood. Yeah. yeah right. Until I'm sure he's covered in blisters. Yeah, yeah, which I have to say, by the way, too, like for a Puritan, he like he's, he's jacked. Yeah, he, he's, he's a ripped man. He's buff. Yeah, I was like, wow, good for you, man. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, life's not too terrible yeah. for them, I guess. But uh, yeah, so he he's out there chopping wood and it's almost you get this sense of like, He's a man, and so he has to be quiet about it and not mm-hmm. show emotion. Yeah. Um, and then you, of course, have the opposite of Catherine, who is, I mean, on the verge of losing her mind mm-hmm. um, over the loss of her baby. And that's rightfully so. I mean, that's a terrible thing to happen. Um, I feel for her uh, the whole way through. Uh, she knows she's been dragged into a, a tough life and a tough situation, and she's just lost her baby. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, and that kind of comes to a head eventually, too, of, of her not necessarily talking to William about that, of, mm-hmm. of, of always just kind of being the wife behind William. Um, again, this film very heavily leans into the patriarchy um, setup that was then. Uh, but so uh, moving forward with the next po- plot point that I wrote down that I wanted to mention is that William and Caleb, the eldest son, um, and Fowler, their dog, set off to go hunting um, because... Not only is their child missing, but what else is going on on the farm? Uh, that corn is no good. The corn's no good. Yeah, we can't eat that. They got no food. Right. Yeah, and and again, here here's where you see like the ergot, that that fungus. It's like to them the corn's rotting, but it's like if you do your your research, you realize that this led to certain things, and people think this is why people were 
thinking they were possessed is mm-hmm. because it was hallucinogenic. So it's very smart here, but to them it's rotting. It's no good. Right. And so William being the man, he's going to fix it. He's going to go out. He's going to, con- I believe he even uses the phrase, I'm going to conquer the wilderness, you know, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only is there, you know, of course, religious themes going on, patriarchy themes, there's man versus wilderness. You got a, a good trifecta there <laughs> as far as uh, man conquering all. Um, so, so, so he thinks. So he thinks, right. He's But he's very adamant in a, oh man, I will say too, I think this is the part, uh, let me look through my notes really quick. I think this is the part where Caleb... Yeah, yeah, where he talks to, so Caleb is worried about Samuel and going to heaven mm-hmm. because he was a baby and he wasn't baptized. Right. Um, and so they talk in this scene and it's very, it's very sad that he's looking to his father for reassurance because he's like, well, what about me? Like, I wasn't, you know, I, I don't remember if he says he wasn't baptized, but he's like, he's worried about himself. He's worried about Samuel. Right. Um, and his dad's just like, it ain't up to me. It's not for us to know. Yeah, it's not for yeah. us to know. Yeah. And, and he kind of kind of comforts him a little bit, but more it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's 1600s comfort. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not that great. It's, it is, yeah. He's he's very much shoulder shrugged. Like yeah, you know that's mm-hmm. a, not for us to know. Well, pretty quickly, also William is ready to move on and stop mentioning thy brother's name. You know, we should stop talking about this right. and just move on with our daily life. He, he like instructs Caleb, yeah. right? And he's like, you yeah. will not talk about him, right? Um. Which, again, we're not sure how much time has passed, but it can't be more than a week or two. I mean, no. there's no way. Um, and so they're out hunting. They're out hunting. And while this is going on, they spot they spot a hare. They spot a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just probably the most menacing-looking rabbit, second to the rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, I think I've ever seen in a movie. It's not a sweet rabbit. It's not a sweet <laughs> rabbit. Um, he, he's looking into your soul, I'm pretty is. sure. I want to know how they got that rabbit to do that. It's just, so the shot is like them, they see something, he's like, grab your gun, grab your gun, and he grabs his gun, and it shows this this rabbit, this hare, and it's just, I mean, it's just like still, and it's a real rabbit, it's not CGI or anything, but it's just like staring, and it's just like, mm-hmm. it's and they're, they're kind of like making noise and stuff, and it doesn't run away. I believe uh, it, this whole scene leads up to William trying to shoot it, and his gun like backfires on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but this rabbit is like, you're supposed to feel alarmed by this rabbit. Um, I think it's very interesting, and I, I, I promise I won't keep stopping, but the rabbit, again, was a sign of witches. It was a sign of spies. Uh, they believed that ravens and rabbits were mm-hmm. spies of witches. Okay. And so it's like, even if you didn't know that, you can kind of put it together that it seems like it's not a normal rabbit watching them. Um, so he, William tries to shoot it. It backfires, um, and they eventually kind of wipe they, themselves off. And they go, go home empty-handed. They go home empty-handed. And hungry. And hungry. So. And not only that, but Catherine says, where you been? What have you been doing? Right. Where are you going? And I'm not really quite sure. This is something I didn't really understand, and I kind of want your input here, is why do you think they lie to her? I'm really surprised. A lot of lying ensues right now when they return home and Catherine wants to know where they've been. Um, William does not want to admit. Well, again, with the pride, he doesn't want to admit what a terrible spot they're in. We haven't mentioned this yet, but he took um, Catherine's father's silver cup Mm -hmm. and he has sold this cup um, to get these traps for hunting to feed his family. Um, We do see her being upset about this cup. Mm -hmm. It was really something that was important to her. He has taken it, and rather than admit to taking and selling the cup, he lets his son 
spend this whole yarn about going out to look for apples. Yeah, which um, something I noticed this watch around for myself is that this, um, so yeah, he claims, I, I thought I saw an apple tree on our way here. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find it. That's what the, that's what the, the lie goes with. And, and William, the dad, lets you know the, the son own up to this. And th- there's not much blowback, but he lets him own this lie. Um, the apple comes back. I never... Um, it comes back. I don't know if yes. you know what I'm talking about, but yes, we'll get I to do. that. I, now that you say it, I, I do. I was just like, oh, I was like, yeah. okay, interesting. Um, something that I, I thought, again, was just very clever. But yeah, so they were out looking for apples. They couldn't find it. Catherine's upset. Samuel's still missing. I, if I remember correctly, she kind of holds on to a little bit of hope that Samuel's still out there, but then mm-hmm. also to... They say that a wolf... They think a wolf took Samuel. And, and William is saying, we have to give up. He's He has uh, been devoured or he's given mm-hmm. into hunger you know yeah he, he's no longer alive right and so again time is kind of hard to hold on to in this setting but some time passes um you you, you kind of see them tending to crops there's kind of inserts of william chopping corn and you know all the good stuff and working the next scene i want to talk about chronologically is really the two they're already introduced but um one of the two best child actors but also most annoying child actors i've ever seen so um thomason is told to go wash her father's clothes after they get back from hunting at a nearby brook Mm -hmm. and so she's washing the clothes and caleb's there with her i think for protection i kind of put that together that because i think he had the gun with him i i feel like he was sent to the brook for another task Mm, was he was he to fetch water oh yeah maybe and she is washing clothes and he has gone to fetch water yeah um, and then uh, you hear it, it's it's not played for suspense, but someone tries to kind of like scare them, and and I forget the exchange, but pretty much they find out it's Mercy. It's one of the younger twins, and man, these two kids, Mercy, and uh, what's the brother's name? Jonas. Jonas. Oh man. I would rather hang out with the twins from The Shining. <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> these children. Oh my gosh. They're the but like also. Don't they just knock it out of the park they as do. far as their they roles go? Um, I mean, they can't be older than, what, six or seven? Or yeah. do you think even younger than that? But, man, are they the worst. Um, and so they run up to Thomason, and um, it was right after this moment of Caleb and Thomason where it's like Caleb's just kind of going through some stuff, and Thomason's like, talk to me, what's going on? And then it's interrupted, and you never really find out much more of mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, you can kind of draw your own conclusions, but... Um, it's interrupted by Mercy. Mercy runs up and she's like, "A wolf didn't take uh, didn't take Samuel. A witch did. Mm-hmm. A witch did. Did she hear it from somebody, or did she just? I, I think maybe it was something from their old village. I feel like. Um, I feel like it's well, kind of. We're getting into bigger questions here because I always, at the end of this movie, I'm questioning where everyone really stands at the beginning of the movie. Oh, okay. who is who is in league with whom, and who is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. doing what nefarious things in the woods? Yeah. So. Well, and I mean, th- I think we're more aligned than we th- than we realized as far as Thomason being an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Mercy comes out of <laughs> effectively the woodworks and is like, "It wasn't a wolf; it was a witch," and and she's just rambling and annoying. And Thomason, what is what does she say to him? She's effectively she plays into it and ad- yeah. admits to it. She wants to s- scare the children and terrorize them a little bit, and she's telling them, "I am the witch of the wood." And if mm-hmm. I don't remember what she threatens, but yeah, she I know I know there's there's something about eating flesh. Yeah. I know there's something yeah. in there, but she she kind of gets rough mm-hmm. and she like kind of gets on top of Mercy and says like 
stop pretty yeah. much. And um, from what we see again, because again, this is from Thomason's perspective, you, you kind of take it as Thomason feeling guilt. Like the guilt is she feels bad. Samuel let, got taken. And so with this younger sibling being annoying, she's just like, she just wants her to shut up. Mm-hmm. And so she just plays into it and just gets on top of her. Um, and, Man, what a mistake. <laughs> right. Um, it, it, this will come back to bite her. Um, you know, really, I think we have seen her feeling guilty about Samuel being lost. And I don't think there's any love lost between the older kids and these twins. Mm. I, the twins are an annoyance. They're, they're loud. They're rowdy. So I, you don't see a lot of affection between yeah. Thomason and the twins. Sure. And they're also, you know, they're young. They don't really do much for chores. Mm-hmm. Um, they're constantly playing. And if Thomason ever tries to, mo- you know, mother them, uh, she gets scorned yeah. from, from Catherine. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of this, they're a constant thorn in the side. So, yeah, she just takes this moment. She gets rough. And, oh, I have it in my notes right here. Uh, Mercy says that Black Philip told her that it was a witch. Um, that's the first time you hear the name Black Philip. Um, you're not quite sure who it is um, or what it is in this scenario. Uh, but He's important. But he's important. Oh, man, is he important. And so uh, they're like, you know, shut up. That's stupid. And, you know, that's kind of the equivalent to that. Um, the scene ends, uh, it, you know, pretty much Thomason effectively scaring Mercy away, mm-hmm. um, saying that she's the witch. So the, we'll, we'll come back to why that's important. But um, so the next, the next kind of chronological, they all go back. Um, it's kind of a normal day. They're all at dinner. The thing I wanted to talk about is Catherine just kind of unprompted turns to Thomason at dinner that night and says, where's my silver cup? Mm-hmm. Where's it at? I know you took it. Where's it at? <laughs> um, I, I feel it's, it's hard because I find myself being annoyed by the mom. And it's also tough because she's been through a lot and she suffers so much. But that's the, the the movie magic here is, again, you're seeing it from Thomason's perspective. And so you feel like all these things are unfair to her. Um, I mean, do you, do, you, do you see what I mean? Like, as far as I think Thomason, again, from her perspective, is it's like you feel like she's constantly being targeted by her mom. She kind of gets Meg Griffin in this movie. <laughs> sure. um, she's the oldest <laughs> child, uh, you know, the oldest daughter. And, man, she, stuff is getting blamed on her. You're not entirely sure how innocent she is and things, but sure, a lot of blame comes her way. Yeah, yeah, and and it it doesn't really leave a lot of room for you to. to you're just kind of taking it at face value. You're like, oh man, like this is this is just so rude. Um, and so they're they're kind of going back and forth, they're squabbling a little bit, and then uh, they start hearing some noises from the animals outside in the animal keep. And they say, for some reason, they say, Thomason, go go check it out. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, not, not the son, not, nope. you know, not the dad. Thomason, go check it out. Uh, I, I, I loved the fa- phrase. I forget what she says, but it's pretty much like you didn't. The way they talk in this movie is period appropriate. So it's something of along the lines of like, you didn't lay the animals yeah, before. Bed them down. Yeah, or bed them down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's great, great delivery. Um, again, all the performances are great in this movie. Um, but yeah, they, serve, they, they send Thomason off to go and... Um, they, I think that hare is back. That same rabbit is back in the animal keep. She goes out there and it's just sitting in all in the middle we, of the animals. We see it a few times and it's always just as menacing. Yeah, it's just as menacing. The animals around it are kind of freaking out, but it's, it has the same pose, the staring into the soul. Um, 
again, if you didn't catch it the first time, but now you're like, okay, something's going on with this rabbit. Um, it, in kind of moving forward, nothing really comes of it at the time that night. Um, unfortunately, whenever they think the kids are asleep, they start talking about selling, selling Thomason off or just giving her off. I don't know if they specifically use the word, but they want to get her with another, to go work with another family. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, it might be less monetary and more just, we have too many mouths to feed. Yeah. Um, But Catherine is again, kind of breaking mentally. And so effectively she says, we need to find somewhere else to take her. Mm -hmm. She's, she's, she's of womanhood, I think is what it is. So it's, it's kind of this, you know, because she's a woman in this scenario, she doesn't have much to offer us, but she can. Uh, she just needs to go somewhere else. Um, and so, it, but Thomason hears all this, and yeah. so it's. Um, there's nothing that happens in this moment, but it's just uh, also. Uh, Catherine is like, Thomason, Caleb. Like she kind of calls to hear if they're listening, and then they don't respond, and then she's like, "Anyways, let's get rid of our kids." <laughs> they're they're in the, all in the small house together, and obviously everyone can hear every word you're saying. But right. Let's talk about getting rid of one of our children. Right. And so um, they kind of talk about it. You get the impression that it's not quite out of left field as you might think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it, at this point, you're still thinking it's like when you stop and you take a look, and you're like, "This is a teenage girl," like with you know and. It, the ending of this movie greatly impacts her her point of view, but still you're just like, interesting. You have to remind yourself you're watching a movie through someone's point of view. Mm-hmm. This is not an omniscient narrator. Uh, so with with all that happening, uh, they end up going to sleep. Nothing comes of it. A um, couple minutes uh, after that, the next big plot point I want to talk about is that they um, – it's William and Caleb, and they go to retrieve the traps, the food from the traps. And there is food in there this time. There's, I, I want to say it's some type of rodent or rabbit. I'm, does it actually say? I, don't I could not tell what it is. Some kind of furry varmint. Yeah, they, they caught something. It's not super important what they caught. Um, although I feel like you could argue that maybe it is if it is a rabbit. But um, anyway, so, so they go, and their dog Fowler starts kind of going crazy and barking and is not happy about something. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I mixed it up. It's Thomason and Caleb. It's not William and Caleb. It's Thomason and Caleb. Okay. Um, and that's important because uh, Thomason is on, a, is on a horse, and so when Fowler starts barking, um, the horse gets spooked, and Thomason falls off the horse and gets knocked unconscious. And this is, this is what I was talking about it being important is that she's the only person that you see this point of view from, so you don't know if she's reliable, is to her, she falls off horse, she gets knocked out, she is unconscious. Um, well, what's... Uh, again, uh, this is an interesting part, is that Thomason, while being unconscious, Caleb uh, ventures on, I think looking for Fowler, I think is what it is originally, and he comes across this hut... Uh, you know, of sorts in the woods. And this beautiful woman comes out and she's, you know, very, uh, you know, just very put together and seductive and walking out. Um, what What's going on here? You know, the house is not made out of gingerbread, but you can tell a witch lives in that house. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's spooky. So, you know, w- previously to this, we have seen... Uh, Caleb is kind of coming of age, and Thomason is even older than him. You do see him looking at his sister. He's curious about women. Um, so now he he does 
approach spooky house in the woods and you know this woman comes out and the idea is that she is seducing this young boy into mm-hmm. her arms um you do kind of see you know as she wraps her arm around him you do see that arm yeah. age and, and become kind of a scary Ooh. arm it's it's in your face so you you know he wants you to notice it i would say this is probably the closest there is to a jump scare in this mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like she like reaches down and starts like caressing him and like actually kind of kisses him in a way mm-hmm. and just is like full seducing this kid. And then as her right arm goes to to touch him, um, it's just like this like tr- not quite troll level, but like just wrinkly, decrepit like arm um, that Old, doesn't oldest trick in the book is what looking beautiful. Yeah. With the arm around. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the the arm and you're just like you already knew something was going on. Loud music crescendos arm, and, and then we it, cut away from that. Cut away to black. Yeah, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of cutting. I'm realizing in this cutting to black. Uh, well, this movie does not spoon feed you. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, we will cut away. We'll move along. Um, we'll let you piece some things together. Sure, it's not afraid to do that. And so. Uh, Naturally, as you would assume, when Thomason wakes up, she goes back and she's like, I don't know where my brother's at. And they're like, how could you do this again? How could you do this? This was under your watch. And so you're reminded again, this is all from Thomason's word of mouth. Well, and also, um, Caleb is the one who wanted to go into the woods. Mm. She insists to go along with him. Yeah. Um, she comes back empty handed and she gets all the blame, even though this was Caleb's idea yeah. to venture out at night. Absolutely. And so um, I think there is a little bit more intense argument here. There is a little bit of Catherine blaming, saying, this is pretty much my second son you've lost. What is going Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's even a little bit of accusations. I, I know there's not the full accusation from the twins at Thomason, uh, but there is a little bit of poking and prodding. Um, and then it starts to rain. William is like suiting up to go find him correct Uh, right he's gonna go out at night to find caleb yeah um and as that's happening there's a really really cool shot the cinematography in this movie is fantastic there's a really cool shot of he's a naked caleb but you don't see anything that's indecent um he's like up against their fence post i guess um and he's just like he's having a bad time he's a little delirious at this point yeah he's a little delirious um, he's effectively, you know, crawling on his hands and knees trying to get back to this house. Um, and I mean, what, what was your reaction in seeing this? It's very quick. He's not gone very long as turns of the movie goes. No, uh, I don't know. It's all effective. He, I don't know this actor. He, I think he does a great job. He he's he's delirious job. here. He's, he just looks pale. He's been through some kind of ordeal yeah. and has managed to make it home. Um, right. You're, you're really just wondering what will happen. And it's interesting, too, because there's visual callbacks to the witch the first time you saw her being nude as well. Mm-hmm. There's this kind of this idea of, like, stripping away your decency um, and, and almost effectively being, you know, violated um, by the wilderness and by the scary woods and, you know— um, and so they, they pull him back, and, I mean, he's he's on death's door as soon as they get him inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's effectively dying. Um, I think at first I believe he's unconscious to an extent. He's not quite talking. Um, but they're just kind of overwhelmed that he's back. Um, again, this I want to stop here because I want to talk about these moments are scary and horrifying. But it's not, you know, it's not Jason. It's not Freddy chasing you with a knife. 
Um, why do you think these work so effectively? I mean, like, is there, do you think it's just everything? It just feels so well thought out to, to, in my mind. Atmosphere, just the thought that has gone into this. Um, you know, you reach a certain age and you, you need more than those jump scares. Sure, so, yeah. So um, I think this is mature, smart horror. I, you know, I'm a little reluctant to call it horror, but it, it is horror or horror adjacent. Yeah. But it's more than that. Yeah, sure. So. It's it's just so, it's it's thought out. And, and that's not saying that other horror genres are lesser. And of course, I know you would never say that. Mm-hmm. But I love horror. Yeah, so. you're absolutely. But it's like they, they're serving a different purpose, you know. Um, and so, you know, the, the next few minutes, they're tending to him. It looks like maybe a, a night goes by or so. Um, but they're talking, and Catherine vocalizes that she thinks this is witchcraft. He is bewitched. He is bewitched. Um, there is something otherworldly going on. Uh, William is like, we'll get a doctor to look at him, and she's like, you can, but this is witchcraft. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, and you better William, be a witch doctor. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, William is not buying into it. He, he's not, He's not. you know, buying what she's selling. So um, they're arguing and then Caleb starts screaming from the other room, and um, quite a quite an intense scream. Uh, he's a younger boy, so it's very high pitched, but it's like, I mean, it's kind of. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that scream and the words and sentiments that come out of his mouth are. It's kind of frightening. He this again, scene. Every actor in this movie gets a moment to shine, and he's solid throughout. But I mean, mm-hmm. he really commits. Um, they run in, and he's effectively fighting off. I mean, I don't know, possession. It's not quite like exorcist level possession. Um, but I mean, he's he's screaming about something. Uh, do you recall what he's screaming about? It's in so many words. It's, it's about a woman. I, I don't know the exact words, but he's gone to another place. Yeah, and, uh, he's he's saying like I think she's she's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's coming. She's coming at me. He was saying like his bowels, his stomach, um, just very intense language. Um, and, and he's just, he's afraid for his life. He looks sickly, he's sweating all over and, um, effectively, I, this is where the apple comes back. He vomits up a whole apple mm-hmm. with a bite taken out of it. Um, it, you know, as far as the religious, not quite undertones of this movie, um, I mean, I feel like you don't have to dig that far to realize what it's kind of getting at. You know, it's like Snow White. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Snow White. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, so again, this is where it kind of comes back to bite him, uh, you know, if, you, if you'll take that joke with the, you know, apple. But, yeah, I just, and then he he's in pain, he's in fear, and then eventually it turns to he's like, stand, this is all him laying there. There's no shot change, there's no nothing. He's effectively in front of the pearly gates. Um, he's blissful and he's just saying like what like accept me and like he's just so happy and euphoric and then he it scares me and uh, the look in your eyes right now scares me too (laughs) because you're just (laughs) recounting what happens it's i don't know it's so effective and yeah i don't know it's creepy you're seeing i mean stepping away from the camera you're seeing this probably 13 year old boy i mean like a performance of a life. I mean, this the, he is really committing to this, mm-hmm. and so you're just yeah, you're you're seeing this poor boy pass, and that's what he does. He 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 kind of ends in a euphoric state, but it's like he he dies. Yeah, Caleb dies very abruptly. Yeah, and, and um, you know, if if Catherine and the family wasn't already in a downward spiral, I mean, this is it. Like, uh, 
so much chaos happens in this next few seconds as far as Catherine blaming Thomason, the twins accusing Thomason of being a witch, the father not believing it. Like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was so stressed out when I watched this part. And this is when Thomason is spinning it back to the twins at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot happening. Yeah. And, and the twins, I mean, they use Jonas and Mercy. They use the words Thomason. Thomason's a witch. Mm-hmm. Thomason's a witch. She did this. Um, this is when it's kind of coming back that the things she had said down at the brook. Yes. She admitted to being the witch and they better not tell or she will devour them. Yeah. And so they say that, yeah, bewitched her. Um, Catherine is already so unhinged that she's just like screaming and yelling. And the father, um, William, is trying to hold what he thinks is order to his best ability. He's kind of saying like, no, like, what are you saying? But also yelling um, to the point where they all they all try to pray. They all try to pray over. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I jumped before. They try to pray over Samuel, I think, before he passed. But um, or maybe it's right after. I'm getting my timeline confused. But anyways, they all try to pray. But the important thing is that the twins can't remember the Lord's Prayer. Right. And they're like, what is wrong with you? Why can't you remember this? We need the Lord's Prayer right now. Again, Robert Eggers being clever because part of being having witchcraft involved is you can't remember the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And so if you have those, those little knowledge, those little tidbits, or if you find it out later, it just adds more to the content. Um, they can't remember it. And so... The, man, these twins just really irk me. If you're already irked by the twins, uh-huh. you're about to hate them so much more. <laughs> what do they start doing that I is just... Well, um, at this point or soon after, they, they kind of go into this comatose state. They are they can't pray or they're refusing to pray, and then they're comatose or pretending. Yeah, and they're saying that it's Thomason yeah. who's doing it. They're yeah. saying that she's bewitching us, and yeah. they effectively fall over and are kind of like in and out of like seizing and then also being mm-hmm. yeah, comatose. They carry it through like the next day or so. Oh man, like these these twins will drive you up a wall. Um, there's so much like just, just distrust and paranoia that it's just like this whole thing is so stressful. Um, yeah, I, ooh, ooh, that, that part irks me. Uh, so William, um, I think Thomason like runs out of the house. She's like, I'm out of here. You guys think I'm a witch, like I'm over it. <laughs> William, I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm leaving. And then gets on her broom and rides off. Yes. <laughs> uh, William runs after her and tries to like comfort her. And then Thomason, rightfully so, says, I know you're going to get rid of me. I know you're a hypocrite for doing this. Like she just kind of lays it out there. Um, she but, calls him out about the silver cup and the lying and letting blame come to her. Yeah. Just all of it. Yeah, and, and she uses the word hypocrite, and she's not wrong, at mm-hmm. least from her perspective. She's not wrong. You know, she lays this out there um, that, I mean, everyone is severely flawed according to their moral standards, you know. No one is perfect in this movie. Um, and so, uh, you know, they, they argue. He tries to, like, calm her down. Um, I, you know, it really doesn't get anywhere beyond, really, I think this is the big turning point, is Thomason says... No, it's the twins. The twins told me they're talking to Black Philip. And yeah, what 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 happens next they, as far as they spend a lot of time with that goat, so you are suspicious of them. That doesn't go very well for Thomason because the next thing you know, all of the remaining children are locked in the animal <laughs> sh- shed for the night with Black Philip. I laughed. Goat. 
I laugh because no one's harmed. No one's harmed in the scenario, but it's just like the ultimate timeout of like just put him in the animal yes, pen. Yes, I'm I'm going to nail this shut, and you can spend the <laughs> night in here with the animals in the straw. Yeah, and and uh, it's frantic, but it's like it's almost Williams like last like he's I I don't know what to do. There's something going on, mm-hmm. and you you three are accusing each other. Um, yeah, with the animals with Black Philip, uh, and so they they try to go to bed. Um, I'll get to the weird dream here in a second. <laughs> uh, but what I do want to point out first is that they have a visitor. They have a visitor at night, right? Oh, yes, I forgot. Yeah, they have a visitor. Um, I, I actually, I, it was my own fault. I watched it with the lights on. And so this scene, uh, they use all primarily natural lighting. So like no you know, lights above the rig and all that good stuff. And so it's like, it is very, when it's dark, it's dark. It's very hard to see things. Um, but there is not an animal in there with them, correct? They hear some like they hear some like milk being drank or what mm-hmm. you think is milk, um, and it's somebody in there that shouldn't be in there. And ooh, it's spooky and scary and surprising. Uh, and meanwhile, Catherine is having the dream of dreams of her dead children, right? She has seen Caleb reappear with baby Samuel, and yep. she wants to feed Samuel. He is hungry. Yep. Yep, and so she goes to feed him, and uh, it he does he turn into a raven or is he just a raven? We don't see that happen, but um, yeah, so something like that. Something like it, that. It is revealed that she is breastfeeding a raven, which sure. is blooding her chest. Right, and again is a, another reference to something that is witchcraft. It is something that um, that was believed is that that's how witches would corrupt children and steal children for it was for breastfeeding with blood. I mean, that's pretty pretty gnarly to mm-hmm. say, but it's just, again, it's it's knowing the source material and kind of adding to it. Um, so she wakes up, and I think she, is she actually bloodied in um, from her dream? Yeah. She is, and I mean, that continues a scene or two later. We see her garment is, is still bloodied. Yeah, um, but man, so the, the visitor, the scary visitor in the animal pen, the dream, they wake up, and this this next just like sequence of William, he kind of like half hardly puts his shirt on, and he walks out to come check on the kids. And holy cow! <laughs> Kendall just did a really great John Wayne kind of walk. <laughs> yeah. You can't see it, yeah. but it, it was good. He, he walks out, and I mean, it's one of those things. It's it's that gif of like from Community whenever he like walks in with pizza and everything's on fire. Uh huh. He walks outside. The the boards are broken off. There's dead animals. There's dead animals. The twins are gone. The twins are gone, and Thomason's the only one. Yeah, laying there confused, uh, saying that someone. I think she says it again. Like flew off. I think with the twins. You just you can never decide if this girl is just evil or she just cannot catch a break. No. It's one of these two things. <laughs> she's in a bad spot. <laughs> Or she's the witch. Yeah, right. And you don't know. But at this point, you find your like you find yourself being like, okay, what the heck? Like, Mm -hmm. what is going on? She claims, and so, um, you know, you don't get too long to think about it though, because you have William staring at Thomason, and I think they exchange a few words, you know, the equivalent of what happened, and then you just see, you see, I'll let you, I'll let you. We we did miss some things uh, that I think were important for me when okay. when the children are still in that shed. Um, Thomason is she's very calmly asking the children. She's like, 
if Black Philip really speaks to them and are you a witch? And you're not really getting direct answers, but you're not getting any denials of anything either. That's a good point. So yeah. they have a really interesting sort of conversation then, mostly silence from the twins. Sure. Right. But it's all very telling, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And, it, and it's also, it's interesting you mentioned that because it's like, in so many ways, you really couldn't get them to be quiet right. up until this. And it's like they're, and they're always constantly being like, quote unquote, bad kids, you know, to whatever that would mean as far as just misbehaving and all this stuff. And it's like, but something very clearly in an authority figure has like made them like, you know, they made a promise or something, you know, it's like it, they're all of a sudden being quiet and you're like, Ooh, what's going on? So uh, is there anything else that we missed before I move on to the Ooh, big... Let, let's do it. Okay. Do you want to talk about it or do you want me to? You go ahead. Okay. So William looking at Thomason on the ground. Um, I will say is actually, I did actually jump. Um, I would say this is a jump scare. Uh, he's staring at Thomason and all of a sudden he gets gored in the stomach by uh-huh. Black Phillip. Uh-huh. You do not see this coming. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you only see like his belly, like up to his head. And so it's like you, he's, you see something hit him, but it's just like, I mean, it is scary. Mm-hmm. It is, it is fully scary. A just horns rammed into his stomach. Um, and I mean, up until this point, I, I don't know if I have the time written down, but it's like this whole movie, you're like, is he or isn't he? I feel like this is really the moment where you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, he is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like it fully starts going there. You know, it really goes for it. Um, did you ever doubt that? And we'll get into more of it. But did you ever doubt that Black Phillip was really something other than a goat? I don't think I doubted it. I yeah. I don't know. I I went with it. The children are, spend a lot of time with this goat. He has a, a creepy name of Black Philip. It's and, so good. It's so uh, good. You know. And they always sing songs about him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, man. There's too much good stuff there to just ignore it and let it be nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I actually read, too, the the goat that plays Black Phillip um, that Robert Eggers said was, like, the hardest to train so much so that the scenes whenever William was wrestling him outside of this scene was not scripted. It was just Black Phillip was being a goat and running into th- like it was just it was very hard to work with is what I'm getting at. So did this get him a SAG card? <laughs> Maybe. Do you think? <laughs> I mean, he's a pretty pretty good goat actor. He's a pretty good goat actor. He's so. up there with uh, you know the animal actors, Mr. Ed, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and Lassie and all of them. Um, but yeah, so getting back to it, yeah, William is gored. Um, he picks up kind of like an axe, like he's looking like he's going to fight back. And then oddly, he kind of drops it or, or you know, puts it to his side. Um, he says something along the lines of it's either about his pride or something. I forget his last words. He he does admit to his pride yeah. at some point before he dies. Yeah. Um, and then it just it, it Black Philip runs into him again, pushes him into a wood pile and he's dead. Who chopped all that wood? <laughs> it did. was William. Oh, I just had a moment in this podcast. He's killing the nature. He's chopping all that wood, and then the wood sits on top of him. And Man, look at Robert Eggers being smart. Save the trees, everyone. Save the trees. Uh, so Black Phillip is killed, in, or sorry, he kills William, and then does his Black Phillip thing where all of a sudden he's not there for a second, and Catherine comes <laughs> <laughs> We laugh because this is so Thomason. This poor Thomason. She just grabs her and and Catherine thinks Thomason's killed her dad. Like, yeah, yeah. Like she thinks all this is Thomason, and so she just like full sin goes into blaming Thomason. Mm-hmm. 
um, starts hitting her, yelling at her, saying she's a witch. Like, why did you do this? What did I do to deserve this? Um, and so much so, but then, I mean, Thomason starts fearing for her life, according to Thomason. And so she eventually, what, she grabs some type of... Some kind of farm tool yep. and gets in a little scrape with her mother, who ends up dead. Who ends up dead. She stabs so. her in self-defense, at least according to... I'm going to keep saying that, at least according to Thomason. Yeah. Um, stabs her and, and kills her mom. Yeah. Thomason is the only surviving i mean i guess we don't know what happened to the we, twins we don't learn what happens to the twins so yeah and that that is a spoiler for the whole movie like you never find out mm-hmm. you, you can probably put it together what happened but you don't know it doesn't actually tell you um i, I always want to question if if the twins are full-on witches or they're just a pawn in this game and they're not really ever important i i don't know yeah yeah that's a, that's a good point that's a good point because now that you've kind of confirmed that at least black philip is I mean, at least out of the ordinary, you can probably put something together that there's a relationship there. Um, the next part I want to hop to, um, yeah, oh, he, so yeah, so going through my notes, William talks about his fault and um, his pride, yeah, but as his dying breath, yeah, so, um, yeah, so let's see, da, 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 da. yeah, Thomason is the only survivor, and she, covered in her mom's blood, um, says let's have a talk black philip let's go i'm so happy i love this scene oh it's so good it's like Ah. you know okay this is this is the type of point in a movie that is so rare in my opinion where it's like it's like the movie's like a nine out of ten and it's really going great and then all of a sudden it like crosses that threshold of like oh it's going there yeah it's going there oh my gosh it's still like yes not since mrs doubtfire (laughs) you know they sure. really, they sink this one in the basket. Sure. So, <laughs> yeah, it's. Do you want me to walk walk me through what's happening then? This is so fantastic. She finally she's the only one left. Um, there's no one around to blame her for anything. Sure. So she just sits down and decides she's going to have a talk with Black Philip the goat, who yeah. is more than a goat. And right. And at first he doesn't say. Yeah. She, she goes, you know, I, you know, implore you to talk to me or yeah. something like that, and nothing. Um. Yeah, so he is silent for a moment. What's the first react response she um, gets? What what's that well, one? Man, I or, can't I can't deliver it and do it justice, but I think in so many words it's like, What would you what do you want? Pretty yeah, much. You yeah. know, it's like what would thou but describe to me why it's so good. You never full on see him. You do see that um Black Philip has taken on the shape of a man or something man like mm-hmm. and you see him fuzzy it's, in the background. Because it's a close-up on her face, yeah. right? And then yeah. you see like a figure walking around her. Yeah, dressed in black behind her. You never really see this figure. Um, just it's he's hinted at. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking to her in one of the creepiest whispers oh, you can imagine. So it's like, what if you heard that voice at <laughs> night when you're trying to go to sleep? <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's like it's like this uh English accent, but it's whispered and it's just very like ooh, it's purposeful and it's oh man. If if I heard this voice coming out of a snake, it would not surprise me. Yeah. That's, that's what it sounds like. That's a perfect equivalent. Yeah, I mean it's it's great. And he uh he asks um well first he asked her if she would like the taste of butter, uh, which I just want to note because again, butter was considered uh, I read worse than lying as far as sins go by the Catholic Church during this time. So a fun nugget of knowledge. Um, but then what's his famous line that he says? Probably the most famous line in this movie. Well, he offers her a pretty dress. Well, but then yeah. <laughs> but then we move on to 
Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? Yes, it's so it's so oh my like, gosh. instantly iconic. Yes. <laughs> and and she without even like I don't even think she looks at him. I think she's just like yes and yes. you know yes and it's not clear whether she's being you know, entranced by him or whether she's been in league with him the whole time. Like, you don't, you don't know. She has to be tired after all the things she's gone through. Also, she, it might be like, hey, man, I, I'll gladly go in the woods with you and eat butter. <laughs> <laughs> and you made a good point, too. It's like during this time, like, butter is probably not, they're not coming across butter. No, no. <laughs> no. But, I mean, what are her options right now? Yeah. Her, her family is dead. Um, there's there's no food. Um she can walk back to the plantation or go with Black Philip into right. the woods. And she was going to be given away pretty much at the plantation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. And so she, uh, he, he says, like, do you see a book in front of you? And she's like, yes. And, and that's, you know, that's a thing, too. Witchcraft yep. is like you sign your name in the yep. devil's book and yep. you're, you're his. And so she signs her name. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. This strange walk through the woods. I mean, the, the movie is pretty much, I don't want to wrap it up, but the movie is wrapping up here. Uh, but it doesn't quite leave you with that. It could easily just go to credits and be like, oh, da da da. But it just does such a cool little, you know, you're reminded that you're not quite seeing, you, what you're seeing might not be real, maybe real. Uh, where, where does she go? What does she do? Well, um, she does go into the woods and comes upon the witches. Mm hmm. I don't know that I want to give the nugget away. You want to leave it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She does encounter the witches in the woods, and, um, you know, we understand she is now one of them. Yeah. Yeah. She's owned by Black Phillip. Um, I don't think they ever actually say, like, devil, like they use the D word. No. I think they just always refer to it as Black Phillip. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's this movie, man, it just, like, it is so, it's by no means like original, but it's also so original for being something that already exists. You know, the idea of witchcraft, the idea of all these different tropes that we are somewhat familiar with in our own horror tales and all these witch stories, but it's like you never see them go fully embrace it, you know. Um, Why, kind of slowly working our, our way towards the end here, why do you think this movie is so special to you in this regard? Because I feel like this movie is so unique in my mind. Well, you just said this isn't something new, but this is so sophisticated, I think, in the way it's told and done. and um, Yeah. I don't know. Again, elevated horror. I think that says it all for me. I think that's a great way to put it. It, it just does something. It's Everything feels so purposeful. It feels so imagined. Nothing feels like it was like, oh, well, we have to get this character to this place, so we have to do this scene. You know, everything was just thought out and well done. I read that he even did, like, his casting in England so they would have an English accent to make sense as new colonists. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's everything was so meticulous. Um, And in a way, I think that's the reason why so many people honestly get bored with this movie. It is a slow burn. I wouldn't even say it's the slowest burn. I've seen slower burns than this. But I think people get bored because there's not a witch chasing him through a house. If you go in expecting a usual kind of horror, and I I very much, I love a lot of the usual kind of horror, but, um, you know, I still, I love my physical media. I love my discs at Mm -hmm. home. I, you know, I bought a copy of this. I I don't really want it on the shelf next to Freddy Krueger and Jason (laughs) and, and Chucky. 
Um, it is something different, and maybe it doesn't meet everyone's expectations for a horror movie. Sure. But. And, I mean, I, I think this is one of, uh, I think I said this back in the day about, like, Lighthouse, but this is such, like, a visual novel. You know, there's so much substance here. Um, there's a, you know, if you give it the attention, it will reward you for that. It will reward you for investing into things. Um, and I, I, I've said it a couple times, but the performances are all equally amazing. Um, the themes that it deals with, we talked a little bit about it, but it does hit very hard on like this religious oppressive nature of this time period, but it's not necessarily critiquing religion. It's critiquing the time period and saying like, this was what life was like. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, this is, this is the reality of people being constantly afraid that they're going to do wrong by their religion. Um, and then not only, not only that, but the patriarchal, society where it's like in the beginning when they're on trial it's all men and it's like all the women are just like removed and it's like this constant like like you know this need to assert like the male and then but thomason's like no you're wrong this is wrong what you're doing you're not a good leader like i don't know i think there's so much substance here that you can dive into you look like you want to say something (laughs) you will be thankful for your modern life Yes. Give, give this a watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, as far as recommendations go, I mean, I think it kind of goes without saying, but like A24 Horror, um, the, the company like Hereditary, Midsommar, like those types of things, those movies that make you think beyond just the death and destruction in mm-hmm. front of you. Um, I think those are great. Do, who would you, do you have any movies that comes to mind that you would equate this kind of level to? I, I think you just took them all. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's yeah. tough because, but they're really trying something new yeah. over at A24. So um, I would highly recommend The Witch. It is available on Canopy. Um, on, on our way out on this podcast, um, let, let's give it a grade. Where would you have to place on an A to F? Where would you place The Witch? It's a full A. It's a me. full A. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's a solid I think it's a solid point. Honestly, I not not to top you, but I think I would do an A plus. I really think I would. Yeah. I think I would say this is a perfect film in my mind. Um I get the critiques, I get that it's not for everyone, but for me, it scratches that itch. So um absolutely check out The Witch. It's a fantastic film, Robert Edgar's. It's on canopy. You use your Pioneer Library card to access that. Um we also carry this on DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, there so you go. So you have options. Yeah, yeah. So go to your local Pioneer Library, request it. We can get it sent over for you. Um, but if you haven't watched The Witch, highly recommend it, even if it's not Halloween, although I'll probably watch this during Halloween at some <laughs> point too. Um, London, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, this was your first deep focus. I, I was a little nervous and I enjoyed this. I really so enjoyed thank this you. too. Thank yeah. you. We want to thank you guys at home uh, for allowing us to take part in this, to provide you guys content. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Uh, leave us a comment or email us at podcast at pioneerlibrarysystem.org. Uh, we are always happy to hear your, uh, well, all your compliments. You know, frankly, just give us some compliments. and. <laughs> We'll take constructive criticism, too. We, we want to give you good content. <laughs> that's, that's true, too. But also, we feed on your compliments. Yes, that's true. So. We power London via compliments. So. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank you guys again for joining us for 5-Minute Film Finder. I am Kendall. I'm joined by London. And we cannot wait to see you next time. Yeah.